Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Welcome to SACPA, everyone. Uh, my name is Gene Olexen. I'll be your moderator for today. And a few housekeeping issues. Our sessions are going to be recorded, as usual. And a gentle reminder that lunch is $10, and you can place that in the basket at your table in front of you. SACPA is a volunteer, nonprofit, nonpartisan organization, and it relies on contributions of members and session attendees to continue its work. If you're interested in a membership, you can talk to Lisa at my right here, and she'll gladly uh, help you out there. We would like to acknowledge our partners, the University of Lethbridge, Shaw TV, and Lethbridge Media. Our session today is titled, Is Oil from the Alberta Tar Sands a Sticky Environmental Issue? Our speaker today will be Dr. Howard Tennant. Howard Tennant and his wife Sharon reside in Lethbridge. He is a professor of management and president emeritus at the University of Lethbridge, where he continues to teach. Dr. Tennant's current involvements include the Alberta Research and Innovation Authority, the Audit Committee of the National Research Council, Kainai Chieftainship of the Blood Union Reserve, past president, and he's on the board of several private sector companies. He formerly served as the Honorary Lieutenant Colonel, 18th Air Defense Regiment, RCA, board member of the National Center of Excellence Canadian Water Network, the Advisory Board of Statistics Canada, and Chair of the Governing Council of the National Research Council and the Alberta Research Council. Dr. Tennant is a member of the Order of Canada and a Fellow of the Canadian Institute of Management. In 2008, he was awarded the Aztec Prize for Outstanding Leadership in Science and Technology. He has received two honorary degrees. So, without further ado, let's please welcome Dr. Howard Tennant. Well, thank you, Gene, and uh, good afternoon, everyone. It's nice to be back at SACPAW. I haven't had a chance to be at SACPAW for years, but I know a whole lot of friends and acquaintances from over the years. The Alberta Environmental Monitoring Panel was established by the Honorable Rob Renner, Minister of Alberta Environment, and it commenced its work approximately the 1st of February, 2011. This followed months of speculation as to what was going on. The circumstances that led to the creation of the panel are many and varied. Of particular importance were uh, the airing of a two-hour documentary featuring David Suzuki, other scientists and Aboriginal leaders that were worried about damage to the lower Athabasca River system. The work of Dr. David Schindler, an outstanding scientist at the University of Alberta, and several reports that he issued on the topics of, his, of oil sands production are, were also in the format. There was a comprehensive report by the Royal Society of Canada 
which outlined the failures in environmental monitoring all along the lower Athabasca River system, and they called for improvements. There was a lot of activism south of the border, particularly as a new label surfaced, dirty oil, pointed at our oil sands. And several excellent reports by Environment Canada related to environmental issues and what monitoring should be done along the lower Athabasca system. Well, our panel consisted of 11 persons. Hal Quissel, former CEO of TransCanada, was co-chair, and I was the other. Seven of the 11 members of the panel had accomplished scientific background. Three were from industry or industry associations, and I'm the guy from the business school. Today with us is Dr. Joseph Rasmussen, Professor of Biological Science and Chair Canada Research Chair at the University of Lethbridge. Joe was a key member of our panel and brought a lot of scientific expertise and exposed many of the problems that were in the way monitoring was going on and in particular, so is the rigor with which some people were carrying out their work. Joseph, so do you want to wave a hand and welcome to SACPAW. Simply put, the mandate of the panel was to present a plan for a world-class monitoring system on the lower Athabasca River. And this was to have particular focus on oil sands production and impact on Aboriginal peoples. Following initial meetings with the panel, the co-chairs approached the minister for some change in mandate to allow the panel to break out of problems encountered by other people reporting on environmental issues. Others said accurately and eloquently what was wrong. It was the job of the panel to say not only what was wrong, but how to fix it. The minister agreed to the following changes in mandate. First, and very important to the panel, and several of us would not have served on it had this not come through. The report of the panel was to be made public as soon as it was received by the minister. The scope of the report would be expanded to cover the seven major river system basins in Alberta and would include all land, air, water, and biodiversity in the province. We didn't see that just looking at the water in the lower Athabasca was relatively important. The panel was to be independent of government, but would have resources from government to do the task. The focus of it was to be, again, the air, land, water, and biodiversity, because one of the things that even this fellow from the business school, I can't separate parts of the environment. It's an interactive system, and one of the things that's a myth that uh, all the problems of environment are contained to the lower Athabasca River. We also identified that legitimate and important impacts on human health would not be considered. We had to deliver by June 30th, and we just could not take on the aspect of human health, and that's a piece of work that is yet to be done. And the problems of this was the panel said we were not going to undertake the problems of how the system for monitoring should be funded. This would be sort of opening up the tax system, the royalty system, and everything else, and we weren't going to get into that. We said, we will tell you how to do monitoring and how to build an organization that can accomplish it. The difficulty, is, is to come down to what's a world-class monitoring system. World-class monitoring system is something that uses science and so that scientists are involved with the design, the measuring, the recording, and the reporting of results, and it has to be publicly available. The way science works is you publish your work, others can read it, and it can be replicated, argued, debated about it. 
in search for what's really going on. And certainly, Suvis, that was the fundamental thing, Suvis, that the panel set as we began our work. The panel met for approximately every two weeks from the 1st of February till the end of June. And one of the things that we did, Suvis, was we found, Suvis, that because we're all busy people, the emails were flying, Suvis, on weekends. It started Friday night and ended Sunday night, Suvis, as people were exchanging drafts, and then people were back to work, Suvis, on the Monday through Friday. But nonetheless, uh, huge amounts of work was, was accomplished. Amongst the first tasks we did was to make arrangements for public consultation in Fort McMurray, Fort Mackay, Fort Chippewan, Edmonton, and Calgary. We also set up, up with a subcommittee to design the science-based monitoring systems to define the, the design and methods that were to be followed, to design the installation of monitoring equipment, data retrieval, quality assurance and achieving Suviz, uh, the, the best of possible recorded results and also Suviz, to ensure that results were appropriately interpreted. And finally, most important, to design a governance system that could operate for the long haul independent of government. Now the work of the panel was tempered by values that were deeply held Suviz, by all panel members. The panel determined four keys of his uh, values that had to govern the design of any environmental monitoring system. The first was legitimacy. Consider this. The government of Alberta is at once the owner of the resources. We, the people of Alberta, own the resources in the main. The government of Alberta is the regulator of the resources. The government of Alberta is the collector of royalties and revenues. And it also is responsible for the environment. We on the panel said, if there is a definition of conflict of interest, that's it. And so, basically, Suviz, to be legitimate for all stakeholders and everybody, Suviz, in Alberta, Suviz, and beyond, the important part, Suviz, was to find a way, Suviz, that this wasn't conflicted. Much of the monitoring in Alberta had been done by dividing it up into various ministries. Well, that doesn't work. What we found is ample Suviz cases where one department did not talk to the other. And departments not talking to each other, Suviz, was a major blockage. We determined that the report and uh, anything that came out of monitoring had to be credible. And again, science has to design and execute and evaluate all monitoring systems. And one of the difficulties there, this requires highly qualified people who are in short supply. We don't have all of the people that are necessary in Alberta to do the monitoring and it will be in the long haul before we would have that many scientists with the time available to do it. But to be credible, this stuff, anything that has to come about, has to be, have the results available to the public. What we're back to is to measure, record, interpret, and report in a way that is understandable by all Albertans. The work has to be relevant. A characteristic of a world-class monitoring system is that the needs of all stakeholders are dealt with in a comprehensive, understandable, useful, and timely manner. Environmental regulations have to evolve with the time, the issues, and the problems. And one of the things which happens is if it's not relevant to decision makers, there's no use doing it. We had a value that any output had to have operational excellence. If you design any organization that's going to be doing monitoring, it has to have operational excellence that will drive efficiency and accountability to be able to do the job. 
There's no use establishing another bureaucracy that won't be able to do the job. Well, there's several kinds of monitoring. And one of the things I want to do is to break out those different kinds of monitoring. Now, by and large, what Alberta Environment had been engaged in is what's called compliance monitoring. And that's a variety of people spending a huge amount of money sampling all over to make sure that regulations are followed. This is important work because there's no use having regulations unless you enforce it. But that doesn't do the job. The question comes about is, how do you make regulations? And so we talked about something called effects monitoring. And that is to be able to take and to measure change as happens on a variety of dimensions, air, land, uh, water, biodiversity, and know where we were at one time and see what is the change which has happened. And in monitoring the change, we start to see what happens. Not much different than when you go to your general practitioner, and they say, Howard, how are you doing? Uh, you've gained a pound or so, and that's not a good thing. But it's the change that the doctor always is going after. This is what we have to have in the monitoring system. And there's also another factor that comes into it. It's cumulative impact. What you do in any one year is important, but the imagines of is the cumulative impact that's happened since my great-grandfather came to Lethbridge in 1879. And the changes to the air, land, water, and biodiversity in our southern Alberta have been unbelievable. Let me jump to a current example. For the last 50 years, and since largely the advent of the birth control pill, estrogen and antibiotics have been taken by a lot of people, and these molecules pass directly through the body and into the sewage system and into the river, and it's almost... these things, and water treatment doesn't do anything to eliminate these molecules. And so imagine, is where we sit now, Sivis, with uh, a variety of things that you and I do. It's not just throwing the pills into the toilet, which is bad. It's what we flush down the toilet, Sivis, that is coming from our body that is the contaminant as well. Now, wouldn't it be really interesting, Sivis, that by 2040, if the cumulative impact of putting these things into water systems and it being recycled, going through uh, from sewage to drinking water to sewage to drinking water, we knew something about the changes that were taking place in the river. Scientists at the University of Lethbridge are interested in the muck, which is at the bottom of our river system. They're interested in the development of fish life, which is in the area. And we all know that there's a problem here. It slides by us easily that the fish in the river are somehow different. They don't have five eyes and a variety of things, but they do have some deformities, and we're trying to see through science what happens. Another example. You ever drive to Calgary in the morning and come over the South Hill and look out over the city? 
and see sort of the quality of air that's in that air shed? Well, what is it? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? What's happening? And so part of the things is, is we people is in Alberta are one of the severe threats to the, uh, to the environment into the future, and a comprehensive monitoring for effect would get us some measurement on this, help us identify what's critical, help us to develop better regulations and is remediation where possible or desired. And so we decided, Saviz, that for all of the reasons of conflict, that the Alberta government was not up to the task of being able to doing monitoring for effect. The panel didn't finally get final numbers on it, but estimates are that we spend in the neighborhood of over $100 million a year on environmental monitoring, and it didn't impress the senior scientists who took a look at it. Some of the processes which were industry-funded were flawed, Many of the processes were undertaken by government were flawed, and we have to do better. And so we proposed that the Environmental Monitoring Commission be created. This would be an arm's length from government, governed by a board of directors, who would be charged with hiring a CEO to carry out the operations of the commission. The Envision Board was not thought of as a management board, but rather a board that reviewed operations, approved strategies, and business plans. It was to take and to hire an organization that had a different accountability that could speak to scientific uh, governance. Now, many critics of this recommendation say, geez, once again, Alberta is creating a board uh, that's arm's length from government to do something which is in a mess. Well, there's some legitimacy to that, but as we tuned up our recommendation, we started off by saying this one has to be done properly and the board members have to be done in a particular way. And we suggested that one of the things which happens is that a job description for board members and the chair has to be determined and agreed to. Then a professional search firm has to take and find people who can fill those positions. And then that list of, approved, of selected people has to go to the Provincial Ethics Commissioner to say that they're free of conflict of interest and then the list can go to the minister for appointment. And we thought this was particularly important to do this because we didn't want to see what had been suggested to us was something of cronyism and a variety of other things of how people arrived on boards. This has to be absolutely clean because other than that, it won't be credible. We recommended the commission develop a mechanism to consult with Aboriginal communities to ensure their rights and needs are being met as part of the uh, monitoring system. This is really an important thing to do. We spoke to some incredibly wise Aboriginal people in the far north, and these weren't the people that you might expect that we were seeing. These were well-educated people, very articulate people, who had read all of the documents and argued extremely well, and we were very impressed by what we heard. And essentially what we heard was, their rights were being violated, and part of the difficulty was they were also saying, we know something about this territory, and we can be helpful. Well, such a board can't do well without having a science advisory body to it. So we said, as an adjunct to the board, senior scientists internationally selected have to gather to review what's going on to make sure that the science is being handled and that the, the, to build in a whistleblower to make sure that science was there. Without science being into this thing, it just doesn't work. 
we recognized that we were throwing a hand grenade into the uh, organization of the Alberta government. Alberta environment will have to change if these uh, uh, results are, are done. It was a department established in the way that government departments come together and did monitoring in a variety of ways that at the time they started seemed reasonable. Those kinds of things just weren't working. For example, it was determined some time ago that when somebody did some water sampling or whatever, that that person would write down where the sample was taken, what it was, and would sign it on a piece of paper in case it ever had to get up into court. It wasn't in a database. It's stored in bundles of paper all over warehouses in Edmonton and is not usable by anybody. And so one of the things, again, back to having a database and publicly accessible, the department has to come clean with its results. We also emphasize very much the role of Environment Canada. Environment Canada is a group that has some superb scientists. It's one of the really good groups in Ottawa that knows what they're doing. And one of the things which happens is in Alberta, we can't get into an argument, this is Alberta, the feds can't be into it. If we don't use uh, Environment Canada and our resources here, so as the commission that we have here working to it, we the taxpayers are being disadvantaged and we won't get the good science. The responsibility across government requires the cooperation of many departments. It's not just Alberta Environment. It's Alberta Sustainable Resources and Development. It's Agriculture and Rural Development. It's Health and Wellness. It's Finance and Enterprise and it's advanced education and technology. And so we created a mechanism that sat above the commission that basically said uh, the ministers of those departments have to meet on what we call a MAC group to twice a year to meet to make sure that their ministries were up to date and that there was some cooperation going back and forth. Under the new templates of government, there are several such cross-ministry organizations. It was the conclusion of the panel that some very good work has been done by interested stakeholder groups throughout the province. It isn't all bad. We found independent groups in the far north that happened to have a retired scientist that were working with them that were doing superb work. And one of the things that we noted is that we couldn't possibly get the job done without these community-based organizations, and all we had to do was to make sure that they had proper science that they have a role as community-based organizations in the monitoring system, but they need some place to park their data so it's all available. The Royal Society report confirmed a lot of these issues. One important thing that was really a pleasure is that Joe and I enjoyed is working on was to pay attention to traditional knowledge of the Aboriginal community. We heard things at Fort Chippewans is that traditional knowledge tells us what we can eat. And they said, if you shoot a moose, one of the first things traditional knowledge says, you open the moose up and examine the liver. And if the liver is all right, it's okay to eat the moose. And we heard things about berries and a variety of others. These are important clues as to how we might develop monitoring for people who know about living in the North, who see themselves as part of the North. Now, some might think this is, uh, uh, is all about oil sands. This is all about Alberta on a wide spectrum. Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers gave us valuable input. But as one industry executive put it to us, we are in the business for our shareholders and we're here to make a profit. 
And as we invest billions of dollars in oil sands in the next decade, it's going to be a cost of doing business to do some monitoring and to engage practice that is at follow regulations and to cooperate with effects monitoring as proposed. Industry wasn't opposed when we chatted with them, but they did say, that's not our mandate to set the regulations and to do the background monitoring on behalf of Albertans. That's clearly the responsibility of the province, and we will follow and cooperate. We didn't find any hostile industry people. Now, it's been clear for, for months that uh, parties in the United States, particularly the U.S. Uh, State Department, are very interested in environmental monitoring in Alberta. I have brief, brief, uh, personally uh, briefed uh, the Council Civis in Calgary Civis, regarding Civis environmental monitoring. And as you're aware, Civis, the extension of the Keystone Pipeline, the XL line, Civis, with it, is brought into focus, asking great questions south of the border as to how we monitor our environment. They're very interested in seeing that we do a good job. You couldn't start all of this work with the Commission, Civis, doing everything for everywhere all at once. And so we began by saying stage one should be is the lower Athabasca River system and the issues that are in and around the oil sands and that the problems of this had to deal with this also not only with development and quality of life of northern people. We did not talk about the notions of this of whether development was a good thing or a bad thing. Our job was to get measures of what the devil is going on. Now if we do the lower Athabasca, that's going to take some time to get set up. It's my personal opinion that land, air, water, and biodiversity of the southern South Saskatchewan River system, including the Old Man River, should be the second priority in the province. We've all seen signs that are out here in our backyard of things that we need better data on. We've got a great cadre of scientists here in the Water and Environmental Science Group at the university. There's some water people at the college. And so we've got a cadre we could actually do the job it's going to take a long time, but that's got to be the second priority. One of the things that we were very careful in striking uh, this commission was that we met all of the requirements of the Financial Administration Act and followed the template of the provincial government for the establishment of an agency, board, or commission. We think we've done our homework so that this is not something which is a template that is not recognized and used elsewhere in government. That's not an excuse for not moving ahead. There isn't much doubt that legislation is going to be required to fully implement the proposed uh, monitoring for effects in Alberta. What is critical at is that under a ministerial order, as soon as we get a premier, work has to begin immediately on an interim structure. Legislation may take two years. That's just the scale of how long it takes. But we have to build a foundation and get started on the proposed commission, and its work should begin immediately. It's not only the oil sands. It's our own, all over our own uh, territory in Alberta. Well, a report was released by the minister July 5th, as he promised. It's available on Google. If you Google Alberta Environmental Monitoring Panel, you can get the complete text of the report. The report isn't particularly severe long. It has 20 recommendations uh, in the report. And one of the things that, uh, if you have uh, time just looking at the Google part of it, uh, you'll see is that there's an executive summary that gives an overview, as well as the recommendations. As you're having lunch, we'll pass out a copy of the 20 recommendations for your perusal. So we look to Alberta of 2040 and beyond, with decisions that will have impact on all Albertans, all Albertans, 
and the prospect of needing solid environmental data. The view of the panel is that now is the time to act. Thank you, Dr. Tennant. <laughs>